My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew. I am your host, Domini. I am so glad to have you here today. I've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, today, I want to talk about perfectionism. And this is a, a topic that I feel very strongly about. Um, perfectionism is really something that can just screw us really for real. Um, It's a very popular form of self-sabotage and it's a little bit trickier almost in some ways to recognize because it's a little bit more socially acceptable than other defenses. Okay. And uh, things being socially acceptable is not really helpful actually, because uh, it sort of allows other people to, um, you know, tolerate or accept the behavior uh, of you know, of how you are when you're in that defense. And so you don't end up identifying it and solving it as, as quickly as, you know, if you had like an anger issue or something that's a little bit less uh, socially uh, acceptable, right? So uh, I'm coming at you live on Facebook as well. So if you ever uh, want to join me on Facebook, uh, I do broadcast on Wednesday evenings and I would be happy to have you um, stop by and, and watch the uh, video of the podcast as well, if you are so inclined. Uh, again, my name is Domini. If you are new to this podcast, then by all means, welcome. Uh, feel free to download and subscribe. This is a really um, amazing platform where we get to talk about all of the things that, um, that hold us back from what we want. Okay, that's really the essence of where I specialize. Now, as a, a, a business, I have a business I run called The Art of Attraction where um, the, uh, you know, where I specialize in helping single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. So essentially I help men see how they're holding themselves back from what they want. Um, the work in itself though is really quite, uh, quite a bit more than that. Okay. Because the way that I really do that is I help men to get out of their own way. And here's the thing, guys, if there's anything that you want, that you don't have, right? That's like physically possible within the world um, that you don't have. Um, and uh, uh, then there's something uh, in your psyche that's blocking you from it, okay? Which is the good news because that means it's fixable. And so how do I like make people more attractive, right? Like I get that question. Well, how do you, how do you make people more attractive? I don't. Here's what I do. I get you to, you know, I have a, a method that connects your conscious mind with your subconscious mind. And what that does is, you know, any of the issues, again, if there's something that you want that you don't have, then there's some sort there's some form of self-sabotage. Okay. There's some form of 
um, you know, one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. Okay. And uh, that's good news because that means it's fixable, right? If it were something outside of you, if it were just kind of the nature of how things are, or how you, you know, how you are as a person or whatever, then um, you wouldn't be able to do anything about it, right? And so what I do is I help people get out of their own way. And when you're out of your own way, when you're not tied up, right, with, um, you know, uh, fear, right, or fear of rejection, um, approach anxiety, when you're not um, tripping yourself up, when you're not um, getting in your own way, then actually you're really, uh, really attractive, right? A person is very attractive when they're in that state, okay? When someone is authentic, authenticity is incredibly uh, attractive, okay? So um, what's really significant about that? So truly, um, this is the kind of thing that can, can solve just about any problem in your life. And so today I want to talk about perfectionism and how that is in itself a form of self-sabotage that will then lead you to kind of trip yourself up and, and hold you back from what you want. Okay. So, um, so perfectionism. Okay. So why is this such a significant, um, topic in particular? Perfectionism is a killer, you guys. It's really, really tough. Okay. Partially, yes, because it's more socially acceptable, but really because a lot of it exists, um, not in the physical world. Okay. What do I mean by that? Let's just start with someone who, you know, desires uh, a thing to be perfect, okay? Uh, this is very common in um, people who are starting businesses, right? Have you ever heard of uh, analysis paralysis, right? Um, or just, uh, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, uh, you know, when you, put, when you put things off a lot, right? Um, that's a form of uh, you know, oh, I don't, I don't want, to, I don't want to put it out just yet because it's not, it's not quite right. Or I'm going to start my real estate career, but I just want to make sure that I really know everything, and so I'm just going to. And that's a form of self sabotage, right? It keeps you from moving forward in the direction that you say you want to go. And just, just a quick side note here: anytime you see something that you want and you notice yourself moving away from it, that is self sabotage. Okay, that is the definition of it. That is the um, the crux. Okay. That is the pivotal moment when you decide, shall I go for what I want or shall I block myself from it? And it does not need to be any more complicated than that. Okay. If you can learn to find that moment, and that's what I teach people to do in my program. Okay. We learn to identify what is that moment where you see what you want and you run the other way. Okay. Or in the, or in the form of perfectionism, you see what you want and then you, um, you discard or it's it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Okay. Um, you discard it, you disregard it. Nope. That's not right. Okay. So what ends up happening, if you struggle with perfectionism, the, the essence of perfectionism is based on obviously a thing being perfect, right? So let's just get really direct and clear here. I'd like for you to look around the room as you're listening to this, the car, wherever you are. I'd like you to point to something perfect. And if you can do that, most of you can't, 
if you can do that, how do you know it's perfect? Do you understand? You can't point to something that's perfect. It's impossible. It has no definition. It's a, it's a word <laughs> in the, the, the English language that has no actual meaning. You can't point to it. You can point to brown. You can point to, um, you know, something is, is uh, you know, pretty or it's not pretty. There's, there's, an, there's an opinion in that. But perfect means without flaw. How do you know what's a flaw and what's not a flaw? Let's define flaw. I bet you anything it says something like something which is an imperfect. It's a circular concept. Okay? So truly, if you're the type of person who stresses out a lot about shit being perfect um, or, you know, just not being not quite being right, things like that, if perfectionism is your, is your thing, the reason it's a real killer is because you're trying to make things fit something that you yourself can't even define. It's not like I would like more money. I'm making $5,000 a month and I would like to make $10,000 a month. Then you'll know when you got there because you will have received $10,000 in the previous 30 days. If you want something to be perfect, Truly, those of you who identify as perfectionists, and people do it quite publicly, there's no shame around it. Um, at least people, I don't see people having shame around it. Um, and yet it's, it's, it'll really fuck you up. Um, look, I, I want you to, 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 to answer the question in yourself. How are you going to know when you're there? If you can't point to it, and if you can, I would like you to call in and tell me. But if you can't point to it, how do you know you've achieved it? More to the point, how do you know you're not already there? Right? How do you know? What does perfect mean? Maybe it's life the way it is right now. It's not to say that you're happy with it or you don't need it to change, but what makes it imperfect? I don't have enough money. Okay, why is more money perfect than more perfect than less money? Do you see what I mean? What you're basically saying is this is not what I want. I want something else, right? But what? How will you know when you've achieved it? If you go to like a coach of some kind, a productivity coach or a um, wealth coach or things like that, they'll say, okay, what is it that you want? You know, the first thing, what do you want? I ask every person that before they join my program. And then we define it. And then how are you going to know when you get there? You know, I want a great relationship. Awesome. How are you going to, how are you going to know that you, when you've, when you've reached it? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to come home and I'm going to feel lit up. You know, I, I can't wait to see this woman when I come home at the end of the day, or we go on trips together, or I have a family or however it is that you want that to look, Right. But perfectionism is, is reaching outside of yourself for something which is not, uh, by definition, attainable. And so that makes it very painful because you're in a constant state of reaching. You're in a constant state of not good enough, not quite there.
And so it's continual unhappiness, right? So let's look at this a little bit more, okay? So the, the essence of it, right? What it is, it is by definition illusory, okay? It is impossible to attain because you cannot point to it. And so you, you can never reach it because it's, it's not a thing. And it's based on, uh, or perfectionism is based on the desire for things to be some way that they're not, okay? So you're arguing with reality. Ugh, it's good, but it's just, it's not perfect. And by perfect, you know, if you're looking at a cake, it's good, it's just not perfect. Then perfect might mean as good as I want it to be, okay? But still, can you point to it? right? You're arguing with reality. This isn't the same thing, I will just add, as having high standards. That's bullshit. If you are a perfectionist, but instead of saying, calling yourself a perfectionist, you say, oh, I just have really high standards. Honey, if you are self-sabotaging due to high standards, you might as well call that perfectionism. If, If nothing is good enough or if vast majority of things is not good enough, not the same as being discerning because the discerning person does not sabotage their desires in the name of perfectionism. Does that make sense? They are simply naturally and authentically drawn to finer things. Okay. Less fine things don't, don't hold the same uh, joy, right? But it's still an upwelling. It's an authentic upwelling. Um, if you are a discerning person, you may like a fine scotch right? You may not be able to eat um, really not good quality food at, at chain restaurants. You may need to have good quality food because you can tell the difference, right? Discernment is not a negative thing. That's, uh, I mean, negative and positive don't really have any, have any meaning, right? That's just sort of labels that we humans put on things. Um, and, you know, uh, discernment is what, what we might call a core quality, right? It's something that you're born with. Some people aren't. They don't really care to be discerning great. Those people can be perfectly happy too. That's not, that's not an issue, right? That's not a problem. And so, and so it's different from that. It's a, it's a form of holding yourself back because nothing is ever good enough. And it's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. And it's impossible to get out of because nothing's ever going to be perfect the way you want it to be in your mind. So by definition, what you're consistently striving for cannot be achieved. Is that making sense? And you guys, if you have questions about this and you want to call in, feel free to uh, give me a call. The number here is 828-333-4686. Again, that's 828-333-4686. And I would love to hear from you and your thoughts on perfectionism. Because um, this is a really, uh, a really popular and a really difficult and painful uh, defense. So... <clears throat> So there's this constant state of arguing with reality, right? Which does nothing other than, uh, it's, it's what we call voluntary suffering, 
Okay. And voluntary suffering is different from, let's say, the pain of life because pain is inevitable, right? Life is going to happen. You might get hit by a bus. Uh, you might lose someone you love. You will lose pets. You will lose people. Um, you'll get hurt. You know, it's, that's, that's just part of life. That's what we're here for. Okay. Um, that is not something necessarily to be avoided. I actually just did a great episode about this uh, on control. Uh, last week. So I encourage you to check that out if you have interest. Um, But that's coming from the desire to control every outcome, right? Um, I want to be safe. And so I'm going to, I'm going to lay my whole life out so that I'm, I'm safe or my children are safe. Helicopter parents, right? My generation and the generation below me are absolutely atrocious about overprotecting our, our children. And so our kids never do anything. They need to fall down and scrape their knees and bang their head and roll around the grass. And that's part of what it takes to be human. And so to control that down because you're worried about the, I don't know, mites that are in the grass, it's like, girl, settle, you know? Um, And it comes from a fear response, right? So if you have those responses, then uh, I recommend you check out that episode. And that actually relates really well to perfectionism because perfectionism is a way of of, uh, attempting to control your surroundings. I want it to be perfect right? And it's fear-based, right? You're only comfortable if it's perfect. Well, what does that actually mean? That really means that you're, you only feel safe when it's perfect. That's a really important distinction because that's what makes, that's what uh, illustrates the difference between perfectionism being a core quality of, man, I just feel really joyful when things are perfect to, oh my God, I cannot relax unless things are perfect. That's how you know it's a defense, right? That's how you know it's, um, it's based in fear and it's sabotaging your life, right? And so perfection um, really ends up being this trap, this sort of cage that you're in because it's never really going to be met. And this actually resonates for me. You know, I, I've never actually really been a perfectionism, uh, a perfection type. Um, that's, that wasn't particularly my defenses. I had other ones. Um, but I did have the experience of needing things to be okay around me before I felt safe. That was very much reminiscent of how I uh, grew up through a, a family that got divorced at an early age. And I um, wasn't even the phrasing of that family that got divorced. Yep, it sounds about right. <laughs> and so what I would do is, you know, the defense that I, I created from there, because I'm quite, uh, I read people very well, naturally, that's a core quality. And I, um, uh, I see people really well, that's a core quality. And I, I care for people. I'm, I'm a loving, I'm like a weirdly loving person. I like, that's my default. Like, I just want to sort of cuddle up on people and <laughs> sit in people's laps and, and things like that, which, you know, created some awkward moments as I got older and realized that that meant other things later in life. Um, but, the, <laughs> but the need, so, so what I took was those core qualities, right? And because I was in trauma, I distorted them. I exaggerated them, okay, into defenses. So instead of just seeing people, um, I would oversee. I'm like, I'm like, I was a caretaker. I was like checking in right? Instead of just loving people, I was like, are you okay? Are you doing all right? What do, what do you need? What can I do for you? But it wasn't like I was being loving and generous, like, hey, how are you? Are you doing okay? How can I, how can I help? Because there was demand behind it. 
So it was the same impulse. It was the same, hey, are you doing okay? But instead of it being um, an open-hearted, authentic um, impulse, which would then be sustainable, you can hold that for forever, right? Um, it then became, uh, you know, the, the defense of that was, I need you to be okay in order for me to be okay. Because little seven-year-old Dominie thought, that's the only way I'm going to be safe. So I was out there controlling everybody else, right, in a loving way. I'm using big air quotes here. Um, but I control nonetheless. Hey, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? I'll make you okay in order for me to be okay. And so there was that distortion underneath it, right? And people didn't like it. It's not a nice thing, really. People can feel it, you know? So perfectionism is the same way, okay? You're trying to make everything around you perfect so that you can then finally, finally relax. Can I get a hands up, uh, amen, in the uh, comments in the Facebook Live if this is you guys? Because this is incredibly, incredibly common, uh, common, right? It's a form of control. It's why I, I started bleeding into perfectionism when I was doing the control podcast. And now I'm bleeding into control doing the perfectionism episode because, you know, they're, they're, you know perfectionism is a form of control. I'm going to make it okay. All right, I'm going to make it a certain way so that I feel okay. That's a little bit different, Okay. So how does this start? Um, You know, usually it's something in uh, childhood. It's typically from people who had a little bit of a chaotic um, childhood, okay? This is part of what we call the rigid characterology. Um, These people tend to be, well, let's talk about the wounding first. The wounding is somewhere around kind of a a chaotic childhood, right? That could be um, mom and dad were yelling a lot. It could be from alcoholism. Felicia's got a hell yeah up here with the perfectionism, (laughs) right? This is brutal, man. Um, uh, alcoholic parents, um, maybe really young parents who kind of don't really know what they're doing, or there just isn't really a safe container to grow up in. And so what they'll do is they'll create that container for themselves. And there's a bit of a, uh, there can be sort of a hardness to these people. And this is not any judgment, you guys, everybody else, you know, if you're an unmade bed and you're a mess all the time, that's a defense also, right? So one defense isn't better than another. Um, in this though, um, there, there becomes this little, this kind of this hardness, right? They tend to be people who are very put together, um, very beautiful. Um, nails will often be done. Clothes will often match. Um, uh, they'll like, they'll prefer, you know, order and cleanliness to, to not. And all of those are core qualities. That's perfectly fine. And then of course, there's the defended piece, right? The piece where you're, um, where you're using those core qualities you have in order to protect yourself from the chaos. And let me just say one more thing about the rigid characterology here. The core complaint, the core pain of this particular characterology is that they're unable to feel themselves. I read a book recently that was a therapist, a sex therapist, actually, a woman who lived in... New York, and she wrote about the the stories of her clients. And I always find that shit fascinating because I'm fascinated by the growth process. And she said, one guy came in and he was young, he was handsome and he was successful and he um, had it all together and he gets down, you know, he sits down on the couch or whatever. And he says, "Um, I don't think I'm capable of feeling love. And when I read that, I thought, 
that is textbook rigid. Okay. That is what they say, what they do. And they tend to be very successful because they're driven, they're ambitious, they're clear, they're great leaders, they're great speakers, you know? And their feelings are shut down inside because it's not safe to allow that chaos. And feelings can be a little chaotic, can feel chaotic, right? And so they prefer order. Order, when, when they're surrounded by order, they can be calm. They can be who they are. They can feel safe. Okay. When there is not order, there's chaos. Oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't feel safe. Right? Does that make sense? And so perfectionism comes similarly. Okay. I need things to be okay before I feel safe to move forward. And the problem is, right? Nothing wrong with feeling safe, needing to feel safe. The problem is you never do because again, perfect isn't a thing. So you're waiting for this illusion to manifest into something and it's not, right? So it's very painful, right? If things are ordered and perfect and um, and clean and neat, there's not a lot of life force in it. There's not a lot of passion drive, right? Mess, dirty, juicy, rich human existence. This is what we're here for, y'all, right? This is what it's about. It's feeling that depth, that richness, you know? And that's all in the pelvis. That's one of the reasons I like working with attraction. It's all in the pelvis, okay? There's, you know, those um, three uh, chakra, the points of the three chakras, uh, or the 2A and 2B and the 1, um, come in right at that, the sort of the, the top of your hip bones, right? In the center of your body, one going forward and back and one going down towards the ground. And, um, uh, and down there is, is an area that's an area where a lot of people are shut off. A lot of people don't go there. They don't feel comfortable. It's too messy. It's too much. You know, a lot of life force can be intimidating for some people. But that just means it's hitting a, a fear response, right? It's not actually too much. Nobody's allergic to life force. If it seems that way, that means you've got, a, you've got something in place that's keeping you, it's holding you back. Okay, you've got something in place that's keeping you that says life force isn't safe. Doesn't that just sound like what we were just talking about? Life isn't quite safe. Hmm. How would it be to go through that life like that every day? And if that's you, how would it feel to let go of that and live freely? So how do you recognize this? Okay, let's say this is you, or let's say that you, maybe you know yourself well to be a perfectionist. Maybe you just, you know, some things are ringing bells, but you never really thought of yourself that way. Um, People who use shoulds a lot. Okay, I have a whole episode on shoulding. I think I may do another one. Shoulding is um, shoulding is is arguing with reality in its finest. Okay, when you have shoulds, it's like, oh man, people shouldn't uh, tailgate me when I drive. I fucking hate it when people dra- tailgate me when I drive. It drives me crazy. Um, uh, it's just, you know, it's like a, a situation. I, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, this is wildly unsafe. You're gonna kill us both. That's not consensual for me. 
you know, you're sort of like pulling me into this, <laughs> this uh, unconsciousness that you have. Like, does it not occur to you that something bad could happen if you're 10 feet behind my car at 70 miles an hour? Um, so I could either take that and I go, man, people really shouldn't, uh, you know, tailgate. People really shouldn't vote Republican. People really shouldn't uh, start wars. People really shouldn't uh, end wars. People really shouldn't, you know, be selfish or be greedy or, you know, whatever it is that you think everyone agrees with you on, it's irrelevant. Okay. That's the, that's really the bullshit killer of perfectionism is that you feel really right. Rightness kills folks. You want to be right or do you want to be happy? Let it go. You're not right. Yes, it looks like you are in your head. That's because you created it. Of course, people shouldn't be greedy. Everyone agrees with that, right, Dominie? No. There's no way that people shouldn't be that they should be that they aren't or shouldn't be that they are. It just is what it is. People are. Some people are very greedy. Some people are much less greedy. Who cares? I mean, we do care, right? I mean, I would certainly, I think the world would be a much better place without, you know, with less human greed. Uh, do I get what I want all the time? I mean, no. I, I could argue with what is, or I could allow it to be. Which, by the way, does not mean that I may not, you know, uh, if I feel called to go protest against um, Monsanto or, you know, McDonald's because the number one cause of, of um, uh, you know, carbon, uh, of carbon in the world is the beef industry, right? It's huge. I mean, if people stop going to, to McDonald's, I'm pretty sure that would be like the biggest thing to like stop uh, global warming um, that we could do, I imagine. I mean, I'm guessing at that, but I'm not guessing at the, the statistic that's the, the biggest contributor. But, you know, that's, that's a big thing. So do I think everybody should do that? I mean, I could, I could certainly stand on that soapbox, but why? Are they going to just because I tell them they should? Right? That being said, if it lights me up to go do that and I want to make that change in the world, then that's me following my light. And that is a great thing to do. Right? But then it's, it's not because people should be some other way. It's because I feel strongly about this and I want to change things. Can you see how that's a different thing? Those are two totally different things. Um, me arguing against the fact that people tailgate or the kids you know, the clothes the kids wear these days and then their crazy music or whatever, you know, whatever it is. It's like, none of that's relevant. It is what it is. I can either argue against it and, and endlessly talk about how it should be some other way, or I could allow it to be how it is. I could accept reality. Maybe I think these crazy kids and their music should, you know, are, are going to go to hell or they're going to, you know, whatever beliefs I carry Absolutely, if you want. They're still going to listen to their music. So at that point, you're not changing the world. You're just making yourself unhappy. Does that make sense? You're just making yourself miserable. Me, you know, me bitching about people not recycling, which, yes, causes me physical pain when I see people doing that, like throwing plastic in the garbage and um, you know, or, or throwing things on the ground outside or things like that. I mean, it's, to me, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's jarring. It's very painful because I can't understand that mentality, you know, where you genuinely think that everything's going to be okay. Right. Um, 
So that could be a true statement. I don't understand that. Okay. In my perfect world, would that happen? No. Great. Well, I'm not there. I'm here. So do I want to be here or do I want to bang my head against a wall, right? I can rail against it or I can do what I do now, which is I could get up, pick up the piece of trash that they put down and put it in the garbage can. And I will do that everywhere I go. And sometimes, you know, people think that's weird and that does not bother me because I care more about the planet than their opinion of me. Okay. You know, I don't get straws. My whole family is like this. We don't get straws when we go into restaurants. Truly, the use of plastic for the purpose of a straw for like 30 minutes while you have lunch, which then gets thrown away for forever. And it had this, you know, massive buildup to, to create this thing. And we don't need it. It's like, are you not an adult? Why can't you drink out of a glass? Why are you drinking this out of a straw like a child? Like, what is the purpose of that, right? Um, and so all I can do, you know, what I can do, I can either start a campaign and, you know, try and get people to use less straws and try and change the world. Or I can just, every time I walk into a restaurant, and this, this is exactly what I do, I say, um, you know, I'd like my iced tea and I would like um, not, not to have a straw, please. Okay. That's, that's making me, that's, that's, I, I'm living the life that I feel is important, right? So it's not about changing the outside world. It's about changing me. And then if you, quote unquote, have the impulse to change the outside world, great. That's your work. Here I am doing my work, okay? My work in the world is, um, is helping people see that point where they choose to sabotage themselves, to help people see how they're holding themselves back from the very things they say they want. That I am very inspired to do, okay? With my spare money and my volunteer time, I work on the environment. Um, that's, that's, but that's not, I'm not, you know, running a global campaign to do that, at least not yet. I might at some point. Um, and so I'm following that inner impulse. Does that make sense? So I'm creating change, but I'm doing it because that's what genuinely feels good to me. Feels so good that I can't get enough of it. Okay. So, so shooting, okay. Anytime you're trying to change the outside world, change the people around you, man, I love my boyfriend. He's so great. I just wish that he, <laughs> I'm just trying to get her to, nope. I'm just trying to make her feel better about, nope. Gentlemen, ladies, it is not, I repeat, not your spouse or partner's job to make you happy. It's not even really possible to be done. No one can make you anything. Okay? So don't put the responsibility on the people around you, okay, for your emotions. They're your emotions. You have them. And don't try and fix your partner or your friends or the people around you. Allow them to be what they are. This is the way I'm skipping ahead, but this is the way out of it. Allow things to be as they are. And instead of trying to change them to make yourself feel safe, ask yourself, can I be okay with things the way they are? Can I be okay with this? Oh, man. You know, um, 
I, sorry, you guys, I'm so terrible thinking of examples. Um, I, oh, I'm terrible at thinking of examples. Okay, there's one. Can I be okay with that? Can I forgive myself for not being great at that one particular area? Right? Can I, um, can I allow myself to be how I am? Can I accept this? Can I allow this? And let me just be perfectly clear here. It's not going to change if you decide you don't allow it. <laughs> okay? Um, me, decide, me not being okay or me arguing with, uh, let me phrase it a different way, me fighting against my own tendency to not be able to think of examples at opportune moments, which would really make my life a bit easier. My, I, could either, I could either fight against that or I could forgive myself for it. I could allow myself to be how I am. I could also change it. But again, do you see how me allowing it or not allowing it has nothing to do with changing it? I could, I could say, man, um, I can never think of examples in the right moment. Hmm. And I could let it go and be like, well, I guess that's how I am. That would be acceptance. Acceptance and allowing without changing. I could also go, um, man, I can never think of examples when I want to. I think I'm going to look up on the internet how to develop that, that part of speech. I wonder if I can learn how to do that. That's accepting reality because I'm okay with the fact that I do that. I'm just interested in changing it. You see the distinction? This is quite important, actually. Um, the third way, the perfectionism shooting type of way is, God, I can't believe I'm, I never can think of examples. You know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the worst right? You may not take it that far, but you might, right? Um, uh, God, I can't believe I, I, I never do that. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. If you, can, if you keep saying, I can't believe, try believing it. Okay. Allow yourself to believe it. Yep. This is how I am. I am terrible at examples. All right. Well, first of all, I'm good at a lot of other things. And this isn't like a massive, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's not creating major rifts in my life. It's just like, a, okay, it's a little perspective there. And this is how I am. Can I be okay with myself? Right? Can I accept myself and allow the reality to be what it is? The reality is most people don't seem to recycle in this country, excuse me. Okay? It's not a priority. People talk about climate change and the people listening roll their eyes. It's mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing to me. <laughs> um, or they see it as any other cause, like, oh, I rescue dogs. I, you know, I help hungry children. I do walks for mesothelioma. Those are the same as saving the environment. It's like, to me, that is not in any way the same thing whatsoever. Okay? Um, so I just say no to plastic straws and I recycle absolutely everything and everyone who comes into my house recycles everything and I mention it, you know? I talk about it to people that I, I care about, right? Um, and I help where I can. So that's a way of, of accepting that things sort of are the way they are and also creating the difference that I feel is important to, to experience in life, right? So, so shooting, okay? Um, another way that you can recognize perfectionism is if you're forcing things, okay? Um, Let's say you got into um, you got into Georgetown and you got into Yale, but didn't get into Harvard. And so you 
Um, and so you always feel like you were not good enough because you didn't get into Harvard. Okay. Or you're trying to, or you're, you know, you're, you're actually, it's more of a should, you're miserable all the time because you feel that you should have done something else. You should have gotten into Harvard. Something else should have happened. And perfectionism in general tends to be fairly forward thinking. Okay. Tends to be concerned with the people with things that haven't happened yet. Right. No, no, that's not quite right. I don't want that to be a different way. And thus it leads a lot to anxiety. Okay. Perfectionism induces a lot of anxiety. Um, if you guys are, are perfectionists, then you probably resonate with what I'm talking about. Um, so forcing, um, no, I want it to look this way. I want it to be this way, right? Like an event planner, but, but maybe you're not right. Or you're an event planner who's not sort of like, oh, that's over there. You know, actually that's fine over there. Let's just put this thing over here. That is just as good. Instead of saying, no, that needs to be there. I drew the circle on the table, put the vase on the circle and then put over. And so it's just like that really sort of high level of control and you're forcing things. And here's the thing about forcing you guys. If you're forcing that by definition means you're arguing with reality. Okay. In some way, if you're not forcing, then you're allowing, you're just letting it be what it is. right? You're letting it be what it is. And that's very important. And so if you're forcing, if if life ever takes force, it means there's some way life wants to be that you're not allowing it and you're pushing it a different direction. Okay. That's how you know it's being forced. Um, You know, you've got a kid who's um, really quiet and, and bookish and you were a football player and you want him to play football. That's not that kid. You're forcing. That kid naturally wants to read books and sit by himself um, or play alone. And guess what? He's probably going to grow up to be a physicist. Good for him. Or a great author. Maybe he'll be a total weirdo. And the best minds of our world are. So what are you attaching to that? Right? What are you saying is not okay? What are you shooting in this moment? Forcing always means that there's some way that life is trying to be and you're not letting it. And forcing takes effort, okay? If you're a perfectionist, um, if you're listening right now and you can raise your hand on, on Facebook Live, if, you can, if, you can, if you're a perfectionist, I'd be really curious to know if you get tired. Like this is also, actually, this is also something I used to do. Maybe I should be using that word for, for how I used to be before. Um, uh, I never really thought of it sort of as, as perfectionism, but I had my own way of, of you know, needing, needing control. Um, and I was tired all the time. I was just tired. I remember saying, and I was like, I don't know, 14, 15. And I was so tired. And I remember saying that, I would just be like, I'm just exhausted. I'm just so tired. And I, I had no idea why, you know, I wasn't doing a whole lot. You know, it wasn't, wasn't that. It was this deep level of exhaustion from feeling like I needed to control everything all the time. So I was always like out in front of myself, you know, grabbing on or reaching out or trying to, um, trying to make things okay so I could finally rest. And instead of doing that, what I needed to do was just come back into my body, take a breath and say, 
okay, it's safe now. What if it were safe now? Look around. Yep, okay, I mean, all right, yep. I'm in a house, yep, room. Okay, there's a door, there's a plant, all right. I wonder if I could be safe now and allow my system to relax exactly as it is rather than waiting for it to be some other way and tensing up until it is that way. Does that make sense? So if you're forcing, and the third one I have here, I had had shoulding and forcing and arguing with reality, and you can see there's a lot of overlap, right? Shoulding is like blatant disapproval of what is, and it's going to be there whether you approve of it or not. Life does not need your approval, okay? Your peace of mind requires your acceptance of what is. But keep in mind here, acceptance is not approval. Okay? I accept that most people don't prioritize recycling. They don't seem to think it's important. They don't seem to think it has anything to do with them, which again is mind-boggling to me and factually inaccurate. That being said, I accept it because that's the way it is. I do not approve of that, right? If I could change the mind of millions, I would do so, okay? So so don't think that if you just accept the way things are that you're suddenly not going to pursue things. You're suddenly not going to have any drive or ambition, right? You're going to, um, you're, you're, you can still change the world as much as you want to. You can change yourself, whatever. This is utterly different from that. This is just, can you let this be okay right now in this moment? So right now, as you're listening to this, as you're hearing this, can you let yourself be okay? Can you let your life be okay? Whatever it is you'd like to change about it, and I'm sure there's something If you're listening to the perfectionist episode, there's probably many things. Great. I change things about myself and my life every day. I love it. I have a very strong growth game. One year to the next, I'm not quite unrecognizable, but noticeably shifted. And for many years, I was unrecognizable. One year to the next, right? Because I don't want to be the way I was yesterday. I'm I'm more interested, but you can see how I, I light up, right? You can hear it in my voice. I light up. Ooh, this is so exciting. I can be different. Okay, what else can I be? This is great right? There's no should there. There's no forcing. I'm just curious and open. These are the antidotes. These are the solutions, okay? Um, Because the way it ends up affecting you is anxiety, huge amounts of anxiety because it's never quite right and you're always worried about being right, right? Uh, Overthinking, right? I have people I work with in my, I have an eight-week program that um, I help people and I help people with, like, with anxiety a lot because um, women induce a lot of anxiety for men. You know, um, attractive women are intimidating. They can be intimidating, right? Um, attractive men are intimidating. I was intimidated by handsome boys for most of my life. I'm over it now. Now I'm a big fan. (laughs) Right? And so, um, 
And so anxiety, um, anxiety is also something that's very forward thinking. In fact, I was, it's really more anxiety than perfectionism in detail. Anxiety itself, um, it, people who are anxious tend to be focused on the future. Okay. And they're worried about how, about the outcome of whatever it is. And the thing is the outcome is by definition unknowable by you because it hasn't happened yet. So you cannot possibly know what someone else is thinking, what they think of you, how your actions are going to, to uh, hit them, to impact them, how they're going to react, etc. You can decide that you know, and here's what happens when you do that. You make it more likely. And if you're an anxiety-driven person, you're probably not choosing super positive outcomes, which means you are literally planning ahead for a negative future and then getting it. And the planning is inducing the results. So you're literally creating a negative reality unnecessarily. Entirely of your own volition. How about that? And you know, anytime you're doing that because it's in the future and you can sit here and all day and say, Domini, I've done this for 20 years, and I know for a fact that if I do X, I will get Y. You do not. This is not a question of experience. Your experience is in a different dimension. It no longer exists. It is in the past. Yes, you have learned from it, and you have a high likelihood, perhaps, of this being a certain way. You do not, however, know for a fact that that is what's going to happen. You're misusing the word fact. That is not a fact. That is a strong opinion. Okay? Your opinions are not reality. They're just things you say that they actually have no real meaning. They're not really things. They're just ways you identify yourself and they change. They're meaningless. They have no substance. They do not exist in the world outside of your own head. And neither does the future. So let it go. That is the underlying solution here. You have to let it go. Because you can't change it. And you can't um, know it. And so the only way is to let go and allow it to be what it is. And it might be perfect or it might not. But... If you can't point to perfect, you won't know the difference anyway. So what we're really talking about here is not actually things being perfect or things not being perfect. What we're talking about is you feeling safe or not feeling safe. And that has nothing to do with the outside world. If you want to feel safe, look around the room, car, your situation right now as you're listening. And look, are you under direct threat? Is someone coming at you with a knife? If so, you may want to panic and move. Totally open to that. Accepting, yep, that is an appropriate defense. (laughs) If a car is coming towards you and you uh, think it's going to hit you, that's a reason to perhaps be feel fear, right? Fear is an appropriate response in certain situations. But if you are in fact sitting in a nice, cushy, relatively comfortable and safe situation, Try allowing yourself in this moment to just feel a little more safe. 
you might notice that your muscles relax a bit. You might notice that you breathe a little bit more deeply. You might notice that your stomach relaxes and moves more when you breathe. You might realize that your thoughts slow down and gradually that your whole system slows down. Your parasympathetic nervous system is kicking in. You're relaxing. And notice that nothing changed in the outside world that induced you to do that. You just decided to feel more safe. Do you understand? If your inner state were based on your outer situation, you would not have been able to change it on command without changing the outer situation. You need to know that you're a very magical and very powerful being. And you are capable of far, far, far more than you realize. Perfect is an illusion. It's small and it's beneath you. Let it go. Stand in your power. Allow life to happen around you powerfully and ride it like a goddamn wave on a surfboard. Let yourself rise up, live, feel life, feel it coursing through you. Every time you breathe, it's the, it's the rhythm of life. Expansion, stasis, contraction, stasis. Your life, when you begin to pay attention, moves in this way, always. Sometimes on a small scale, sometimes on a large scale, usually simultaneously. But always in that form, life is expanding and contracting, and you are expanding and contracting. And you are capable of so much more. Don't wait to feel safe. Don't control those around you to feel safe. Just decide, I'm going to feel safe. What if I were safe and put a toe in? Okay, just for this minute, just because she said so, five minutes, I'm going to try and feel safe. Okay, great. That's five more than most people accomplish in a lifetime. We're getting comments on the Facebook Live. It says, uh, thank you, Donald. He says, every moment I step out the door, I walk into any crowded room. That's why I don't go out anywhere, anywhere anymore. Thank you so much for sharing it. That is the extreme. That is where it will lead you to the point where you can't even move because everything's fucking scary and it's imperfect. It's the imperfectness that makes it feel unsafe. There's no protecting yourselves from life might as well jump in, right? People aren't going to hurt you. People's words don't need to hurt you. Feelings aren't going to hurt you. They're just feelings. You might feel a little uncomfortable for a while. You'll be okay. You'll get through it. You know? Don't, and this is the, the, really the same message as the control episode, right? Don't box yourself in out of fear and then make your life really, really small because you're going to be unhappy. If that made you happy, that wouldn't, you wouldn't be calling it perfectionism and control. You'd be like, I'm really happy living a small life, but that would still light you up inside. You just, your life doesn't need to be big. My life is big. I like big things. That's, that's my essence. That's who I am. My mom doesn't like that at all. She's like, why do you want to do these extreme, these intense things? I'm like, I love intensity. I love it. Bring it on. 
more life. I want to live. I want to live. This is a way you can be if you want. This is what you have access to, limitless potential. You can do anything you set your mind to. You just need to set your mind to it. Okay? When, when you have those impulses, those fearful impulses, right? In my work with my clients, I separate it into two different choices when you come to that moment, when the fear hits. There's a parable that I share sometimes that I find very powerful, and I'll share it with you now. There was an old wise man and his grandson sitting by the fire, um, a Native American chieftain and his grandson. And the old man says, inside all of us, there are two wolves. One is light and hope and love. And the other is fear and separation and darkness. And they are always fighting. And the little boy says, but then which one wins? And the old man says, whichever one you feed, There is such profound truth in this little story that I ended up basing a lot of the way I express my business into it because what did I say when I first got on the call, right? My specialty, my area of expertise, my gift in this world, I'm fucking amazing at it, is showing people how they hold themselves back from what they want. It's that point of choice, white wolf or black wolf. And in that moment, in that moment, you can change everything. Just moment after moment, choosing white or choosing black, you're picking what kind of life you want to lead. Here's the problem. The reason why this may sound like new information to you and yet you've been doing it your entire life is because often these choices aren't conscious. That moment happens so fast, you've already sabotaged your results before you even realize what's happened. It's so old. It's so ingrained, this fear. It's not like you're choosing to be a perfectionist, right? But you are one and you don't have to be one. So there's some sort of voluntary opt-in there. Can you see that? So let's, let's assume that that's true because otherwise it's out of your control anyway and be impossible to fix. But this is my field of expertise. So let's, let's go with this, okay? So if there's a way to make that decision conscious, to make that moment that is the fork in the road, That moment you have fear, right? Where if you decide to be afraid, to follow it, to engage that fear, it's black wolf. You're choosing fear, separation. Your foot's on the brake from what you want. Or you choose to let that go and live in, you know, live, right? To risk, to live life, to open, to be vulnerable, to risk, to risk loving openly. Then there's the white wolf. Okay? If you can make that choice conscious, imagine what your life can do. 
Imagine where you could take it anywhere because you literally have the controls back in your hand. Now you're just driving a car. You're not, you know, blindfolded and not sure which pedal is which and only able to use your left foot, you know? The choice becomes conscious and thus you move from victim state to an empowered state. This is what I teach people to do in my program. I show them how to recognize that moment and where each choice leads, and that's it. I don't tell them what they should be. Just spoke for an hour about not shooting. I have no agenda for the gentlemen who hire me. I don't. I can't. That's unfair and inappropriate. I don't know what's best for them, but they do. But they're fucking themselves over because they can't see the controls. So what I help them do is make that choice between the black wolf and the white wolf in each moment conscious and in their power to adjust. And this makes all the difference. So, if you are interested in finding out more about working with me, I encourage you to reach out. You can find me at dominidrew.com forward slash hello. That's dominidrew.com forward slash hello. Um, that is it for my episode today. Please feel free to download and subscribe to the podcast, The Art of Attraction. I'm really glad that you joined me today. And I hope this was really beneficial from you, for you. Um, if you have feedback for me or comments, please feel free to come to my Facebook page and, uh, and write about it. You can um, post a link to the episode that you like, um, that you're talking about. And, uh, and let me know your thoughts on it. And I'd love to hear. So thank you guys so much for joining me. And I'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.